lot of men come in and insert or mansplain and going to school for music and for voice. I ran into that quite a bit where the instrumentalists, who a lot of times were men, looked down upon the vocalists as not real musicians and made us feel like we were less than because our instruments were in our bodies. And then being female on top of that, we weren't held at the high esteem as their instrumental counterparts. But there's none of that with the guys that we're working with now. Like they definitely treat us as true musicians. I'd love to see more of that, more of a collaboration, more of equal playing field, more respect, because it just makes for better creativity. It makes for better songs. It makes for better connections and the ability to connect with the audience more because it's coming from a true and pure place where all that ego and all that stuff is not getting in the way. That was Say She She. And this is She Rose, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, She Rose Radio. She Rose is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. The history of massively successful girl groups runs through the decades, from the late 30s and 40s with the Andrews Sisters to the 50s and 60s with the Shirelles and the Supremes, into the 70s with the Pointer Sisters, the 80s with Go-Go's and the Bangles, and the 90s with En Vogue and TLC, into the 2000s with Destiny's Child and the 2010s with Fifth Harmony and Little Mix. Some of these groups were formed by the members themselves, especially in the cases of sister groups, but many of them were manufactured from the imaginations of male producers and record label executives. And all of them, to one degree or another, navigated a male-dominated music industry as best they could. Enter Say She She, named with a wink and a nod to Nile Rodgers and Chic, Pia Malik, Sabrina Maleo Cunningham, and Naya Gazelle Brown is a feminist trio from Brooklyn, New York, leading an eight-piece band and formed out of a sisterhood of former backup singers who found with each other solidarity, inspiration, and courage to start their own self-described discodelic band with the help and support of a tight-knit community of musicians out of New York and beyond. Their debut album, Prism, has just been released along with a handful of singles and word is spreading like wildfire about this girl group for the modern age. I'm so happy to welcome Say Shishi as this week's Shiro's in the Spotlight. Say Shishi is here with us on Shiro's Radio. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's great to have the three of you here on the show. Introduce yourselves. I'll start. I'm Sabrina. Hi, I'm Pia. And I'm Naya. How did the three of you meet? Let's start there. <laughs> oh, I think that's the New York melting pot, really. Sab and I actually lived upstairs and downstairs from each other in an old tenement building in the Lower East Side. It was kind of a janky building, so like there was definitely <laughs> holes in the rafters and the floorboards, and she would hear me singing it late at night, stomping around. <laughs> and I would hear her early in the morning after a few hours of sleep, so we kept each other awake. <laughs> but, you know, no one has any fun if they sleep in New York. So we knew each other were singers before, but it took a while. I think Sab was kind of fed up of me keeping her up more than I was. <laughs> I still liked her early bird warm-ups. <laughs> and uh, she came and dropped a bunch of cookies on the doorstep and probably thought, if you can't beat him, join him or something like that. I don't know. 
And then I dropped a bottle of bubbly for her and we still hadn't actually met each other in person, but we definitely knew each other were singers. And then eventually we had a mutual friend in the building who were like, you guys are singers, you need to like get together. <laughs> and we just hit it off as friends and ended up having a songwriting session that was kind of like a joke, you know, just lamenting about bad boyfriends and some breakup I think I'd had that week and <laughs> you were just making me laugh so much. And we ended up writing a kind of joke song. And it was just instant friendship and chemistry there. And Naya and I met also instant chemistry connection at a rooftop party in Harlem and like little birds just started singing at each other when we realized that we were also singers. <laughs> um, and then these two became fast friends through me and we've just known each other for years now and sang in different projects with other people, but decided it was time to do something on our own and who better to do it than with your two best mates. <laughs> Agreed. So you just said the three of you were in separate projects. So Naya, what were you doing when you met them on the rooftop? Were you singing in any band at that time or? I had been doing a lot of background work. Emily King, I sang background for and a few other people. So I'd always been singing, but when I met Pia, we became friends and then she and I were in a previous band before Say She She. And Naya was actually even in a girl group from the age of like 13, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was 12 years old. I was in a singing group. So yeah, I've been singing in, in different projects for as long as I can remember. And, and Sabrina, how about you? Kind of same. I was singing back up for a few friends from school, helping manage my friend um, who's a singer-songwriter and just doing music just through friends as a backup singer, but never anything like really with me as at the helm. And then before that, I had my own band at school and was in the acapella group and in choirs growing up. So come from a choral choir background. And Pia, you're the one just by voice, you can tell you're not from New York City. Um, <laughs> can you imagine if I was? And I was like, no, I just speak like this. Yeah, no, I, I was brought up in London. Um, I was actually born in the States. My dad's British, via East Africa, Indian origin. My mum's Indian origin. My parents had an arranged marriage, but then she naturalized and became British. So my parents lived out here trying to get to know each other <laughs> as, you know, they'd met three times before they got married, which is just insane to me. Wow, <laughs> Happily unmarried so now <laughs> to <Okay>. each other, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just an amazing story when I hear what they did and they decided the best way to get to know each other was to go traveling and my dad surprised my mum at the end and had a green card and came here and opened up a little Indian restaurant in a very typical story of uh, immigrants. And so wow. my brothers and sisters and I were all born here. And then when I was two, we moved back to Britain and I was raised in London. But I always was curious about what did it mean to be American and to live in the States? So came back here in 2013 and uh, never left. <laughs> Go back all the time to London. I'm there quite a lot. So it sometimes feels like you live in two cities. Lucky you. Yeah. And almost 10 year anniversary for you moving here. Yeah. So yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? I know it's gone so fast. Crazy. I think that's the New York pace. You can't keep up with your own pace. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And Sabrina and Naya, are either one of you New York natives? I'm from upstate New York. I grew up in Rochester. Yeah. And I'm from the D.C. area. Lived in New York for many years. I went to university at the New School University in Manhattan. So awesome. I studied vocal jazz there. Do the three of you all have formal training in music? Yeah, we do in some ways, you know, whether it was through choirs. I also studied classical music. You know, I remember telling my parents, I want to be a singer. My dad was like, well, 
you can either go into classical music or you better get to Ronnie Scott's. And that's his club. He likes to go see jazz at Ronnie Scott's in London because in his mind, you know, you either had to be the top of the jazz game or you have to be classical. Otherwise, this is no profession for an Indian girl. <laughs> you know, unless you're a doctor, dentist, a lawyer, you're probably a disappointment. <laughs> Not to play up to the stereotypes, but mine is a very typical traditional background mindset for sure. So it took me a while to like have the confidence to find my own voice, but I loved studying classical music. It taught me so much about technique and I loved singing in choirs. And I think that love of three-part harmony, all of us share from singing with other women since we were day dot really. You know, mm -hmm. but certainly as old as any of us can remember. We have a video for one of our songs, Fortune Teller, and it was really sweet exercise because Naya's mom, who's a documentary maker, she's still got all this amazing footage of Naya from when she was on the stage at like mm -hmm. seven or eight, looking like she's a 13, 14 year old, mind you, because she's so mature and her performance is so confident. <laughs> <laughs> There's clips of it in the background of our music video. You can mm -hmm. see her on the stage. And Sab, you had some footage as well, didn't you? So I think we were all in had some sort of training on the stage from a young age. <laughs> well, since you're bringing up Fortune Teller, is that a good place for us to start today? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We made it like a lullaby for carers and parents or anyone that's caring for someone, really. It was put together over COVID. So I think we were trying to make music that was soothing for people to listen to. And my mum always sang Hindi lullabies to me. So that was what came out. And the girls are always so amazing and supportive, you know, even singing the harmonies in Hindi and learning it, and just, <laughs> you know, which I love because we're all allowed to just be ourselves and we've never shut each other down. I've been in so many different scenarios where maybe the other person isn't even aware that they've shut you down because they're guiding creative control and that's their legitimate right to be. They're the primary artist, of course. But in this project, it just feels like there's so much support and encouragement every time you project anything that comes out of you that's original and you don't have to sound homogenized or like each other. Because we're all three lead singers, it's about giving space to that moment that allows us to be our unique voice and for the listener to be able to say, oh, that's Sabrina, that's Niall, that's Pierre, to enjoy the diversity and the presentation of the voice. guest today is Say Shishi, and the debut album is called Prism. We have Naya, Pia, and Sabrina here with us on Shiro's Radio. I'm Carmel Holt. And so, Pia, you were describing the supportive environment of this band, and I can't help but want to ask, so I'm going to, do you think that any of that has to do with collaborating with women? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Not to say <laughs> that we haven't worked with supportive men. I have Leon Michaels, Sergio Rios, two producers who have been extremely supportive. Naya and I toured as backing singers for Chicano Batman. They're like our brothers. Bardo even helped co-write uh, Pink Roses on the anniversary of Sabrina's mum's passing. Everybody's become like a family unit. We have lots of men who support us. So it's not to bash men. And I, I always get 
triggered when people feel like when we're talking about how amazing it is to work with other women. That's not bashing men. That's just raising women because we haven't been raised. And 90% of the space is taken up by men. And it's okay for us to champion ourselves and not to feel guilty. And, you know, I just did it myself. You asked me a question about women and I had to say, caveat, we're not bashing you men. (laughs) Why do we do that? We're socialized that way, especially being an Indian girl. We asked my brother the other day, my sister and I, do you even notice that when the last piece of fish or something on the table that our whole lives we've always said, no, no, I've, I've had enough. You have it. Did you know that we didn't have enough? Like, did you know that we just say that because that's how we trained? <laughs> he felt so guilty, you know, he had no idea. But um, I say that, you know, as a metaphor and I'll go back to the original question. There is not a single doubt in my mind that working with women at the helm has helped us to realize our goals without shame and without fear of expressing ourselves. never felt less and also the ability to generate ideas and discuss multiple things at the same time. I feel like we keep up with each other the way that our brains are, and that could be to do with being friends for so long as well. Mm. We can almost finish each other's thoughts and it doesn't take us long to get on the same page. We are like-minded individuals. We wouldn't have started this project. You know, we all have a background and a care for advocacy. So that was something that was at the helm of us wanting to use our voice in a different way. We're able to negotiate better with each other because we do it with care. And I think that we give each other space to listen, even though I feel like I'm just talking a lot right now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get excited about this topic. But I feel like there's such a need right now for us to have more diversity. We're three women from three different backgrounds and also more of a female perspective across all media, across broadcast and broadsheet. And if not us, then who? We always say that. If it isn't us that uses our voices, then who's going to do it? We are also lucky. We've had good education. We've had good grounding from our families. Naya's mom, I mentioned, is a documentary maker. Sabrina's, you know, volunteered for years with Lower East Side Girls Club and various organizations. I have a background in campaigning. I worked in parliament. I was a speechwriter for the leader of the Green Party, who was the first female and the first Green MP ever to be elected to parliament. We've spent our lives caring about trying to raise the profile of women in the arts and young girls. So why shouldn't we lead by example? If you care about sending the message, then you also have to make sure that you propagate that yourself. It just reminds me of the symbiosis of all this, that when I sit with you and you're saying those things to me, it's like as much to our listeners as it is to me. Like it helps me feel fueled to keep doing what I'm doing, which is such a beautiful thing, right? The power of this conversation. And the collaboration. Mm -hmm. And this is a collaboration. We love it when we get interviewed by other women And it is rare. I feel like the podcast scene is definitely helping. And I'd like to see more women on the radio. Sabrina, do you want to talk about what it's meant to work with these women? Maybe something specific that you've gotten out of it? Well, I guess on the musical side of things, you know, like Pia kind of mentioned, we all do come from backgrounds singing with other women or choirs. A choir can have as many as hundreds of people in it. So this is such a close-knit group. The three of us together, I've just never been able to personally express myself and be heard in such a way before musically. So I'll sing something, you know, in a writing session and Naya just jumps on like on the 
harmony third above and it just locks in right away and it's just very organic and just something I've never really experienced before and also like I think that in every writing session it almost feels like a bit of a therapy session Mm -hmm. whatever is on our mind that day we come together and we talk about it and then we write a song about it and so it's a very cathartic experience writing music with the three of us so I love that element about it and it also helps that whatever comes out of either of their mouth I typically always love you know right we all kind of like come from different (laughs) you know musical backgrounds and and have a different perspective on music in general but we just somehow make it work and honed into finding our sound and not only having our own individual voices but coming together as this fourth voice it's been a joy to watch unfold and experience firsthand what about you Naya um yeah I would agree with everything both of these ladies have said for me it's definitely been an inspiration like every time we get together I feel super empowered and super safe, I will say. I think that was a word that Pia used earlier. It's truly a safe environment where we can explore, where we can be ourselves, where we can discover. And sometimes those spaces when you're on your own can feel quite scary because you're on your own and you don't have the instant feedback. You don't have someone to share the energy with. But with these two and with our band, it's been a joy and blissful experiences where we can just be fully present in the moment enough to where we can discover things about ourselves, about the three of us together. It's a a journey that has been quite rewarding. And it just makes me look forward to continuing the journey because I know that each time we get together, we'll discover something new. I think a prime example of that is we were in LA back in April. We had a big writing camp set up with our band and we woke up one morning about to go into the session and we saw you know, all the headlines that came in for Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, the papers being leaked, that it was possibly being overturned. Yeah. And so that day we could write no other song than the song Norma because we were so angry. We were sad. We were Mm -hmm. afraid. We had all the emotions. We wanted to band together and we decided, okay, how best to combat this? How best to influence? How best to get the word out, to protest. And we thought our platform is the best one we have in which that is music. Norma just flew out of us because we were so angry and so hurt and just ready to turn the tables. But of course, as we know, it was overturned. But yeah, we we had no choice but to write that song, Norma. And all the proceeds from Bandcamp downloads go to Narrow, Pro-Choice of America. It's still poignant because the message is about writing to states, write a letter to the state is the key lyric in there. Then we will not go back. She is our guest today on Shiro's Radio. Their debut is called Prism. That was a single that came out uh, earlier in the summer called Norma. I was thinking about the style of music that you make and even the inspiration for the band name came from Nile Rodgers and Sheik Say Sheik. Thinking even about the history of girl groups, that was definitely one genre of music that was so put together by men, mm-hmm. mostly. Yep. 
you know, and I'm just thinking out loud about the modern day approach to that and what your thoughts are on historically the place that women have had in this genre and how you would like to see that evolve for yourselves and whether or not you think it's even important to have more women backing you up. Absolutely. This is actually something we talk about a lot. So it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, the traditional girl group thing, and we started this project together. We've played with lots of different fruitions in the band, but yes, majority of the musicians have been male. And that's also a reflection of the space that we work in. And unfortunately, it's extremely hard to find bands that have women. And when there are female players, I feel like they're very coveted, especially in New York City. And we've never really been able to afford some of the most amazing women who we absolutely love. Sometimes we've been able to play with them. We've always tried to work with female directors, Alyssa Bonney. She's been amazing. She did all three of our music videos for Fortune Teller, Prism and Forget Me Not. You know, we're inspired by all these women who we've been working with and also the women that came before us. I mean, we write about women in, in our songs and Forget Me Not was inspired by the Gorilla Girls who we become close friends with, uh, one of the founding members. And so having women playing the music was something that was really important to us. Unfortunately, like we said, that has just not been the case in our band, but I'm very stubborn. And so we were introduced to our band right now by the head of our label, who is an absolute sweetheart and extremely progressive minded. <laughs> However, yeah. when he suggested that we go over to Hollywood and work with these dudes, <laughs> I said, don't tell us who to be in our band. Don't tell us what to do. We're not some old girl group you can tell what to do in shape and we were like a bit worried and being a bit <laughs> difficult and stubborn well, we really were we were and we're he said Terry. look you know I'll, I'll cover the cost just go and give him a chance and no 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 push back push back and of course we thought okay all right he's gonna pay for it <laughs> let's go let's give them a chance we went there and the way that they were with us the way that they were kind of deferential to us, excited, wanting to listen to us, be guided. These were feminists too. And we were so grateful for that because they've been navigating the space for a long time. And for them to not kind of lord any sort of power over us, which they could have done for all their years of experience, they could have. And they would have been right that they have more experience in the game, but they didn't. And the way that they are, their temperament, that to me is feminism. And we were grateful to have men who are feminists on the team. You know, we've had to get rid of some toxic male energy in the past. Oh, you have? We, we've had to, yeah, of course. And it's always oh, yeah. difficult learning how to let people go in certain ways. And bad producers in the past who've really done a number on us, stolen money or tried to make us sing things that overly sexualized and just really uncomfortable spaces. You know, we've all been in the game for many years. I wouldn't say that happened in Seishishi specifically. I would say that happened in all our lives from the past, from different projects and from, you know, before we met each other and during our friendship, before we formed the band. Mm. And so I think we take all those lessons and we make the right decisions with each other on who we want to work with, how we want to work with them. And we had to eat our words about Terry's recommendation. And really he was looking out for <laughs> us. He set us together with the most humble, wonderful group of musicians, it is just undeniable the chemistry between all of us. 
and the way they are able to help articulate musically exactly what we guide the references. We'll play them a baseline from here and give them a tweak and a steer. And they're so open to direction. They don't take over the leadership. They understand that we're the artist. And, and hats off to Sergio Rios, who's the producer and the team he's assembled around him. They are raising women's voices. And to me, that's an, a really important way for us to navigate the future for all women in the music business. We need men like that supporting us and helping us. I have to say as well, recording in their studio, the sound that Sergio's managed to capture in there, it literally feels like a 70s recording because they're recording right to tape. So when we're there, we feel like we're transported back to, I don't know, the 60s and 70s, or at <laughs> least we imagine that and pretend we're girl groups from the past. And I will say, you know, I think... I have less touring experience than these two, but it seems like the touring musicians as well, it's more male dominated. It's harder for women who want to start a family or have kids maybe to go on the road as much. That's something that we've just been thinking about a lot. How do we all do that in our lives as well and still continue to do our music? We're so lucky that the three of us share the same dreams. And we never start from a place of negativity. We always say, that's the goal. Let's figure out how we get there. It sounds corny, but I do think that's changed how happy I am in my life by working with people mm. who are yes people. Not that we should say yes all the time. And I know that's a female trait we have to kind of undo in ourselves. But to each other, we're in a safe space. Let's start from a place of yes. Let's be the people that walk into a room and think, what can we bring to it? Not what can I get out of it? Naya, do you have any thoughts about what kind of change you might like to see going forward? I think Pia said quite a bit. I also agree that the guys that we're so lucky to be working with are extremely, extremely supportive and open and receptive. And as Pia said, like in, in past projects or in past situations, and it hasn't always been that way. And a lot of men come in and insert or mansplain or they just do all kinds of things. And me going to school for music and for voice, I ran into that quite a bit where the, the instrumentalists who a lot of times were men looked down upon the vocalists as not real musicians and made us feel like we were less than because our instruments were in our bodies or what have you. And then being female on top of that, we weren't held at the high esteem as their instrumental counterparts. But there's none of that with the guys that we're working with now. Like they definitely treat us as true musicians and I actually haven't experienced it on this level uh, ever before. So I'd love to see more of that, more of a collaboration, more of, you know, an equal playing field, more respect, because it just makes for better creativity. It makes for better songs. It makes for better connections and, and the ability to connect with the audience more because it's coming from a true and pure place where all that ego and all that stuff is not getting in the way. I actually asked them recently when I was in the back of the van, like, how do you feel about being the three women who are the leaders in charge? And not one of them flinched and said, we love it. Then <laughs> <laughs> they said, we see you working so hard. We see you never stop. How can we not have respect for that? And we're grateful. And, you know, got me all kind of choked up because I thought I've actually never had People sort of so openly say things like that and be grateful for a female leadership. You know, a group of dudes who've been playing together for years, they could just have tried to take over in some way, but they're just so sweet. So just, it's nice to feel appreciated too. 
Say she, she is here with us on Shiro's Radio. The debut album is called Prism. Why don't you all pick a track for us to go to here? Actually, we're going to pick another song that's not from the album, but it's a 45 that's coming out next. And it's called Trouble. It's about a love triangle. It's about that feeling that you have when you know you're coming to the end of your relationship, but you're starting to develop feelings for someone else already and all the guilt and the concern that comes over that. She, she, our guest today on She Rose Radio. The debut is called Prism, and that's a new single called Trouble. So before we wrap up today, here's a Shiro's magic wand. I'm giving you the <laughs> Shiro's magic wand. What would you change for women in music? Do we each get to say? Yeah. I'd like better pay because... To me, that's more equality and more access for women who are extremely talented. What is going to draw them into this business? There needs to be parity. I'm also going to piggyback on that and say, actually, women should be paid more (laughs) because they end up being the caregivers mostly for the kids. Absolutely. And that's one of the main barriers, I think, to having careers going and motherhood at the same time comes down to money. If you're not Marin Morris and you can't afford to have a full-time nanny and build out your bus to have a nursery on it, then you're in the boat of having to make some hard choices or bring family out with you or not go out on the road. And touring is the main way people make money now in this business. Absolutely. And in all sides of the industry, having daycare centers in corporate organizations. Go ahead, Sabrina. Oh, that's that's a hard one. But the first thing that comes to mind is I just wish that women could support each other a little bit more. I feel like there's a lot of competition and I feel it inside. Like I feel myself judging myself or how I look or how tight this shirt is and what does it look like in a picture? You know, there's still that pressure and that just being more supportive of each other might help that. Yeah. And then to piggyback off of what you're saying, Sabrina, I would have it so women are not judged really by the way they're looking, but the music they're making. Like, Let's not focus on how big my boobs are, like what my butt is doing, like, or like, you know, (laughs) like I don't want that focus. I want the focus to be on the music because to me that is so limiting. We have so much more to say than how we're presenting physically. So I just wish that we were taken more seriously, I guess. Yeah. And if your magic wand wish comes to fruition, I think that that also gives us longevity too, because then that kind of answers the ageism question as well. Mm -hmm. Say, Shishi, it's been so fun to have you here. I'm such a huge fan, and I'd love to invite you to pick another song to take us out with today. I think we should pick Prism. 
the title track from our album. That is actually the first song we all really wrote together, the three of us. And it was a very fun writing session. We did it up at our friend's studio in Crown Heights. They call it Shag City. But we were sort of reminiscing about running through the fields in upstate New York, maybe a little psychedelia in our system. So that one was a fun one. It was a little more light and uplifting and whimsical. Pia, Sabrina, and Naya, say she, she. Thanks again for being here on Shiro's. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. Honestly, Carmel, it's been amazing talking to you. Many thanks once again to Say Shishi for being with us. Their debut, Prism, is available now on Karma Chief Records. Shiro's is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. We get production assistance from Emma Philippos. Our original theme music is by Lucius. Shiro's is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit shirosradio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the Shiro's shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at Shiro's Radio. And please consider Consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening. Can I get a three-part harmony, Shiro's? Oh, my goodness. She, she, she. Say she, she, Shiro's.